This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to the AirPod. The days are getting shorter. The nights are coming in much earlier now, but we are here with you every week on the dots to go through the week's royal stories and it's been a busy one. Today we're celebrating Prince Charles's 71st birthday. We had another look at baby Archie, which is very cute. I'm going to be talking about how Charles and Camilla have been celebrating a very special family day together in India. And we'll be talking about how the Sussexes are celebrating Christmas this year, away from the royal family and with Meghan's mother, Doria Ragland. It'll be a family celebration, slightly different to how Harry and Meghan have spent it for the last couple of years, but just as special. And then William, Kate, Harry and Meghan have been celebrating the success of their crisis helpline Shout this week. There have been engagements for that. And later on in the show, I'll be talking with Centrepoint, the homeless charity that Prince William has been patron of for 15 years. He's been carrying on the work of his mother. As we know, as young children, Princess Diana took Harry and William to homeless shelters as kids to show them a different side of life. And it's clearly had an impact on him. It's something that he's continued to champion and work alongside and with. Uh, for all the years since uh, Centrepoint ce- celebrated their 50th anniversary this week. So we'll be hearing a lot more about that and how William's carrying his mother's work in the show. But first, I'm joined by ABC News foreign correspondent Maggie Rooley. We're going to be talking about all the week's biggest news, starting with Prince Charles's birthday. Maggie, I feel like we should have birthday cake or something in here to celebrate. I'm ready to party, 71, right? I know. And I think, <laughs> you know, it's been a much smaller celebration for Charles this year. Obviously, for his 70th, mm. we had months of build up with documentaries and we really got an insight into his private life and his family life. And then when we look at how the royals have acknowledged his birthday this year, it has all been about family. We got yeah, an amazing right. new photo of Archie. I was so cute even you you told me about it when i pulled it up i was, had that reaction oh you can't <laughs> help it it's sweet and i think it's great that the sussex is still sharing those moments yeah. so, you know i think we spend so much time talking about how the couple want privacy they want privacy but they know exactly when to to share at the the appropriate time as well mentioning grandpa exactly and then we saw the cambridges do exactly the same on mm-hmm. their social media accounts we saw a nice photo of the charles uh with baby louis and Duchess Kate. And Charles himself has been celebrating with Camilla in the middle of his trip to India. Uh, He's been on a two-day visit to India where he's been discussing sustainability, the impact of climate change that's having on the country, and of course the UK's ties to India itself. Um, And he kicked off his birthday with an early start, attending a roundtable conference with business leaders in Mumbai. But he then joined Camilla, who flew out on Monday, sources confirm. Uh, We know that she was feeling unwell. She didn't attend some of the remembrance visits Uh, there were reports that she had a chest infection and that was why we didn't see her alongside Harry and Meghan at the field of remembrance at Westminster Abbey she's actually gone out for some rejuvenation therapy in India at the moment to a long-time doctor her holistic health practitioner Dr Isaac uh, Matai 
Um, she flew there privately on the Monday at the start of this week, and she's been put on, according to reports, the South Indian vegetarian diet that's uh, sort of famous oh, for this retreat that she's on. So it's all been about, I guess, detox that's and rejuvenation. That's going to take some TLC for her. We were worried about her last weekend. Exactly. And Charles, Charles joined her at this holistic healthcare centre in Bangalore. Uh, and I don't know if he himself is getting involved in the rejuvenation. I like to think therapy, that he is. In my mind, Charles is getting involved <laughs> in what was it the the vegan detox retreat? That's for the his seventy first birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have any idea what he did to celebrate his birthday? What kind was there was there cake involved? Uh, Clarence House will only say that he's celebrating it privately oh. with Camilla. Okay. So they did okay. somewhat confirm that the two were together today. Uh, but part of his two-day visit to India saw him feel the love in every corner that he went. I think that there was a cake uh, at one of the engagements where he received, according to reports, a delicious chocolate cake decorated with strawberries and oh, a flower garland <laughs> as well to mark his occasion. So, I mean... Oh, so he's getting a warm birthday welcome, yeah. even though he's working nonstop. Well, you know, Charles has visited India so many times before uh, in his role as, as prince. Do you think India is special for him? I mean, was there any thought process that I'm going to be in this country for my birthday or he just works all the time and happens I mean, it, to be there on his birthday? I think for him, everything comes second to mm. the work. I mean, we know that after India, uh, Charles and Duchess of Cornwall are heading off to New Zealand. And so they're really like back to back when it comes mm. to the engagements. But I think that it really w- worked out quite well that they're in India because they've traveled privately there before. Mm. We know that Camilla's been to this holistic retreat herself, I think five times mm. in the sort of last 10 years or so. So it's definitely a favorite spot. I think they really enjoy it there. And they're received so well over there. I think they... I'm taking a note now. I want to go to a holistic <laughs> retreat. That sounds lovely. I know I'm ready for it. Yeah. The weather here is <laughs> terrible. I know. Enjoy uh, it while you can. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then speaking of holidays, this week, all the talk has been about the Sussexes and what they're doing for Christmas. This is the Christmas heard around the world. Everyone is buzzing. <laughs> It really is. I think that this all started because, of course, we knew that they'd be celebrating Thanksgiving mm-hmm. as a family. And so the requests into Buckingham Palace on what are the couple doing mm-hmm. to celebrate with Archie uh, started quite early on this year. And they've only just confirmed that the couple will be, I guess, breaking away from tradition a little bit by spending uh, the end of the year and Christmas with Doria Ragland, mm. Meghan's mother, uh, we presume in the US, but Buckingham Palace aren't confirming anything. They simply put out a statement that read that the Duke and Duchess are looking forward to extended family time towards the end of this month. Uh, we know that Harry's engagement on Sunday at the Onside Awards is his last. The couple are done after that. And the palace continues and say that having spent the last two Christmases at Sandringham, their Royal Highnesses will spend the holiday this year as a new family with Duchess's mother, Doria Ragland. This decision is in line with precedent set previously by other members of the royal family and has the support of Her Majesty the Queen. And I love how they put that in there because, of course, the immediate conversation that would have followed with this is that Harry and Meghan snubbed the Queen. And, (laughs) you know, that's always the direction that the tabloids go Mm -hmm. with this kind of story. And I think it puts everything in its place where... It was really interesting because they came out not only uh, sort of giving their plans ahead of time. Christmas is not for more than a month still, so they have plenty of time. So not only they give their plans early, but they sort of stopped, hopefully, the rumors before they can start, you know. First off, saying, it's been done before, everybody. We're not the first. And second, just saying, we already talked to the queen. She's cool. 
She's cool with us. It's all good. Exactly. Well, William and Kate uh, have taken a number of Christmases、mm. away from Sandringham. They like to mix it up. So some years they're with the Middletons in Bucklebury, and I think it was in 2012, 2014, and 2016 they skipped out on the Sandringham celebrations. So I think Harry and Meghan doing it once、uh, is certainly allowed. We've also seen the Tindalls spend time in Australia for the holidays. So I think for Harry and Meghan, it really is. You know, I think a, a well-deserved break. This this continues the break. I think that they're starting now, which is, you know, I spoke with one of their aides this morning. He said, "I really hope that this is a break for them because every time that they have taken a break、it's、in the not, past,、yeah. it's always turned into work." And you know, it, it goes to show how dedicated they are、mm-hmm. to their work. But they also need to be dedicated to themselves. A little self-care. Again, back to the TLC.、Oh, yeah. We all need it this time of year. We really do.、And、being near family and friends, and, and on one hand, like you mentioned, it, you know, they're a, a couple. They're a young family. That's sort of what you do. I mean, myself, you, know, you have to share holidays between both、yeah. your families with your partner.、Uh, on one hand, it's totally normal. The other, you know, well, the royalty, so that comes with some not normalcies.、Uh, so it's really interesting to hear that other royal couples have done this as well. Because I think when the rumors started flying early on about them taking this break near the end of the year, there was so much focus on what about Christmas, and it seemed <laughs> like this, you know, world-ending thing. But at the end of the day. You know, precedent has been set. It's been done before. The Queen's okay with it. This is something that families do. They share time with each other,、uh, and so I kind of like that they just decided to be very matter of fact about it. Put it out there. This is what we're doing, and it's a priority of ours. Exactly. I think for security reasons, the palace aren't showing where the couple plan to be. We know that earlier this year, that Buckingham Palace、uh, and a spokesperson for the couple said that they would mix it up and they'd spend some time in the UK and some time in the US. So we'll just have to find out where and when those trips actually happen. I'm sure there'll be plenty of stories on Good Morning America about their time away.、Um, oh, you know there will be. And I think the couple still will remain engaged. On some level, with the work that they're doing, I know I've heard that the social media account is not taking a break. So we'll、oh, see updates on different things、uh, whilst they're off work.、Um, I'm sure it would be difficult for them to actually stay away from work. But fair <laughs> enough. It's interesting on the social media part. I didn't even think of that. But I wonder when you take time away from work, if your social media accounts keep running, it normally turns towards personal things.、Uh, so I'll be curious to see how that sort of plays out. What their account looks like when they're taking time. Definitely, I think they've really made this account about them, their work, their message, but also their family as well.、Mm. It is a safe space for them to share private moments, and I can't. Are we going to get more baby Archie? Well, I, I, I was just about to say this. You know, I think for Thanksgiving, I think for,、mm. think for Christmas, it's it's impossible that we won't see Archie on at least one of those. You heard it here first, everyone. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You can all come for me if I've、yeah. got this wrong. Yeah, we're gonna come for you January first. Oh man, we didn't see. Actually, it'll just be me. <laughs> In a few days, Harry will attend his last engagement. That's the onside awards at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, this will be to recognise the achievements of young people, volunteers, and staff who work across all of the youth zones in the UK. Of course, Harry's very involved with this particular organisation. They create state-of-the-art 21st-century youth facilities called onside youth zones in the UK, and this basically gives young people a chance to get off the streets and have a safe space to hang out. I notice in London some of the stops on the buses now. 
you know, I don't know if I don't have you ridden a bus in London yet, Maggie? I haven't yet, actually. <laughs> I've been on the tube quite a bit. All right. I'm a little nervous for the bus. The bus is fun. <laughs> in, in certain areas, it can be quite fun. It can save you a bit of time. I love seeing that. There's a ticker that runs inside the buses uh, that tells you what your next stop is. And they've now started pointing out where an on-site youth zone is at oh, that really? stop, which I think is great because the buses really cool. in London are used by so much of the youth mm-hmm. of the city. So I think things like this, things like Harry's engagement will really point out, uh, you know, safe spaces for young people to hang out. And they've had massive effects. I know that uh, when Harry and Meghan visited the Hive in mm-hmm. Birkenhead last year, or no, it was January this year, um, they got to see how I think kids as young as like eight years old up to 18, how they have these spaces to really hang out. They had uh, uh, makeup and hair school running for like some of the older huh. girls, but they also had like play space for kids and music facilities for some of the teenagers. And it was just, it's a really great thing. And I think for Harry, this is continuing his focus on youth issues, empowering youth. He's a huge believer in young people being the future of our world. And, and I think he uses his platform to kind of make sure that they have every opportunity possible. It's fitting that sort of their last big engagement before taking this time off is something that seems so personal as well. Exactly. And speaking of helping the youth uh, of this country, uh, Harry, Meghan, William and Kate all acknowledged uh, the incredible work being done by volunteers on Shouts, which is a crisis helpline launched by the Fab Four earlier this year through the Royal Foundation. Uh, Shouts, a crisis text line for those in need. And uh, when they put a message out, a call to action, asking people to volunteer for the organization, the uh, responses came in thick and fast. I think Mm. our very own James Longman applied to be one of the volunteers. Or I saw him put that on social media. (laughs) (laughs) I myself also applied as well. And it has been a really interesting experience. Uh, I think uh, it's very easy to do. Uh, If you haven't thought about doing something like, like this before and you want to help, Uh, You can do this from the safety of your own home. Uh, You just need a computer and some of the training that comes with the role. Uh, But you can then choose your hours that you help. And the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge attended a volunteer celebration event uh, honouring all of the volunteers that have been involved. This took place in London at a theatre in White City on the 12th of November. And uh, it was really a chance, I guess, to pat a lot of backs mm. uh, and just sort of say how impactful this uh, organisation, this project has been. I think you've got some stats there. Yeah, well, it's, your... it's amazing to, to, to read some of these stats because, you know, uh, uh, Prince William has said sort of there's a sad demand for volunteers. The fact that you need them in the first place can be heavy, but then you see the number that come forward and it's this very uplifting uh, community a- as well. Uh, they say they currently average 600 conversations each day. Wow. So that's 600 people that needed help were not going to find it anywhere else and they turned to shout to have these conversations. There are 1,500 volunteers active on the platform that help handle these conversations. Uh, so you can see there's the demand is there and I think more word gets out the more people know about this. I imagine those numbers are only going to increase as, as more people, again, know the resources exist and reach out to in times of need it's pretty incredible yeah and what's great about this is that William, Kate, Harry and Meghan have all been really involved in 
the behind the scenes work that goes into this uh the the initiative wouldn't confirm if any of them are registered as volunteers but they do say that all four of them have made behind the scenes visits to the offices of shout to check on how things are going and to learn about how the how things are progressing uh, as you say this will only get bigger uh, if you are based in the uk you can text shout on 85258 they're available 24 7 and what was really interesting about this engagement was uh the times that they're that the volunteers some of them are working they say that they're most a popular hour to receive messages at 3 a.m in the uk oh wow um and i guess you know that's it shows the need to have such a sort of huge force of volunteers because this isn't just working nine to five this is a 24 7 operation and those times that people need help or support don't always match up with the times that you know people traditionally volunteer for charities it's been interesting and great to see the all four of you know, the fab four if you will the four royals really throwing themselves into these heavier topics i mean these aren't light issues mm-hmm. that they're choosing to tackle and to champion they're they're real issues that are affecting young people here in the uk and it's great to see you know the four of them young people themselves uh, sort of rallying around their uh, fellow young people in need and, and building them up together Absolutely. And this is obviously modelled on a very successful US initiative, the Crisis uh, Helpline, which has been running for a number of years. And this is everything that Shout is, is sort of based on the model that works so well in the US. So it's great to see sort of them taking ideas from other places. Megan was obviously very familiar with Crisis as well. So she brought in another element to that too. U.S. and U.K. working together just like us, Helmut. I love it. <laughs> Coming up after the break, I'm going to be chatting with Paul Noblitz from the Centrepoint Homeless Charity here in London. Uh, he's been working with the charity for a number of years. He's seen how passionate Prince William has been about taking over the work that his mother, Princess Diana, did uh, on the work that they've been doing. He attended a number of celebrations this week, including a 50th anniversary event uh, here in London and he'll be talking to us about that uh, and just how important it's been for William to continue his mother's work. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back, everyone. I'm joined by Paul Noblet from Centerpoint, who's celebrating their 50th anniversary this week. So firstly, I just want to say congratulations. Thank you very much. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great achievement to have got this far, but... Uh, as many of, my, many of my colleagues think, it's it's a strange anniversary in a way because I think that uh, certainly our, our founder back in 1969, I don't think would have imagined that there would still be need for a charity to tackle youth homelessness uh, in 2019 in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the last time there were big celebrations uh, for Centrepoint uh, or sort of a big event. Uh, uh, Prince William was singing alongside Bon Jovi and Taylor Swift to Living on a Prayer at Kensington Palace. I remember that was a very surreal moment, but a really fantastic evening for you guys. And you, of course, had a wonderful night of uh, anniversary celebrations this week with Prince William, too. 
We did. We did. We've been lucky to be uh, supported by a great many people and musicians. And, and, and last night we had uh, Rita Aura. And then uh, perhaps for uh, slightly older listeners these days, um, Duran Duran played a very rare concert. I think uh, they're not quite as old as we are. I think they celebrate their 40th anniversary next year but uh, as a band. But um, yeah, I mean, the biggest uh, supporter of ours, of course, is our royal patron, the Duke of Cambridge, Prince William, um, who's been a patron of ours since uh, uh, since 2005. And we're just really lucky to have him uh, be involved and be just so interested and informed about the issues that many of the young people we support are are dealing with on a daily basis. Mm. You know, the Duke has been so committed to helping young homeless people in the UK getting their lives back on track. He's, of course, uh, paid a number of visits to to your various uh, locations here in the UK. And then earlier this week, he opened the Apprenticeship House in London, which is a space that aims to support young people in their journey to independent living. Um, How impactful is it to have someone like Prince William championing your cause, but also really sort of being on the ground, helping out? It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you can't really measure the the value, not only in terms of the, the, the increased profile he brings, of course, to Centrepoint, but also for the issue of youth homelessness, which in the UK affects around about 100,000 young people uh, every year. So it's uh, it's absolutely invaluable to have uh, his 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 support and his help in raising the profile of those issues, um, but I think it's also something that's really really important to the young people he meets. So um, yesterday, I think uh, the feeling was that he, of course, wanted to help us mark our, our birthday with the gala uh, with all of our supporters last night. But it was also incredibly important to him that that morning, as you say, he came and opened a new project of ours, which is designed to support young people into employment and training because ultimately that's the, the way they can escape youth homelessness in the long term. But I know that something that the Duke is absolutely passionate about is making sure those young people are are listened to. And he spent almost half an hour with uh, those young people. And I think to give up 30 minutes of his time to come and actually really get into those issues and really listen to and understand where those young people are coming from was was absolutely fantastic and meant a huge amount to those young people he met yesterday morning. Absolutely. A centre point was the first charity that William inherited from his mother and I'd say probably because of that it's always been one that he's hold especially close to his heart. Uh, take me back to Diana's involvement with Centrepoint. Uh, what is, can you tell us about the legacy there? So late Princess Diana was a patron of Centrepoint from 1992 until her obviously very tragic and early death in 1997. And um, one of the uh, interesting things at the gala last night was we we saw old footage of her speaking uh, about the issues at a visit to Centrepoint all those years ago. And um, I think that really has instilled in the Duke of Cambridge, who was himself only in his um, sort of early to mid-teens when he was first brought by his mother to come and find out about some of the issues affecting young homeless people. Um, that's clearly left a great mark. And, and I think 
whilst we get to see lots of the glamorous sides and of course listeners will will know all about the, the glitz and the glamour of some of the the events like our gala what they perhaps won't see are not only some of the lower key visits like the one he did yesterday but also some of the of course private visits which the duke does and he does that very much uh, for the benefit of the young people we support and so he can find out more because uh, the young people of course whilst uh, some will be happy to talk to the media and be filmed and photographed they actually will open up a lot more and really talk in a much more um, intimate setting with the Duke if the cameras are away. So I know that's something that's really important to him is is not just to do the high-profile uh, events, but really to, to dig down. And I think that very much is a legacy of, of his late mother, who, again, her, her speaking out on, on issues like youth homelessness, uh, was really critical in raising the profile of those issues back in the 1990s. Mm. You mentioned the private engagements. I'm obviously on all of the royal engagements that take place uh, with the young royals. There is always a sort of sense of high energy. There's a lot of cameras. There's a lot of people around. And I'm sure that during these private engagements, it's a chance of William to really connect on a different level. Are you able to share any insight on, on, on what these visits are like for William? Well, they tend to be, uh, as I say, very uh, uh, intimate occasions. It's something where typically uh, it may be a group of young people gathered around a, a kitchen table with it. I mean, very literally often a kitchen table and just sitting down. And I think the real key for him is is listening and and just listening to the issues people have, where they've come from, what their story is. But I think also what's really important to him and the challenge I think he always gives to Centrepoint as an organisation is, OK, how are we going to support those young people? How are those young people going to support themselves to, to, to go on and achieve their dreams and their ambitions and their potential? Because we have some hugely talented young people. Uh, some of them were performing on stage last night as part of the gala and we have others that go on to university. We have people that, you know, that go on and they do absolutely fantastic things. And I think that's something that's really important to the Duke in those settings is to get people to to talk about themselves, not in a way where we want to, of course, dredge up difficult memories. But I think it's something that he really wants to understand. What are the real issues facing these young people so that on every occasion he comes to visit BIP, with the media with him or not, he can say, oh, that's interesting because I came and visited here three years ago and it sounds like that issue's maybe improved or, or actually, okay, that's interesting, that difficult problem is still one that many young people are facing. So I think it really helps him to understand the issues and he's so passionate and shows such great empathy and it's just so natural with the, with the young people. It's, uh, it really is a... Um, a fantastic testament to, to I think the Duke of Cambridge as a as as a as an individual. Uh, he's just so good at putting the young people at ease. Um, we're obviously heading into winter now. It's a time where I think homelessness, particularly in the big cities uh, here in the UK, is really front of mind for a lot of people. Uh, are there any particular um, campaigns or um, calls to? Um, appeal at the moment that you you guys are running 
Well, obviously, in the, the UK, we have a, uh, a general election uh, for the next prime minister and all the members of parliament. So it's a, a busy time for us, I think, looking at what uh, uh, various politicians are going to uh, hope to do if they're elected. Um, and I think, as you say, in this time of year, it, it doubly brings home uh, the issue of homelessness. And I think one of the, the main things we're looking at is how can we support young people when it's time for them to move on from centre points hostels. Uh, typically, a young person will stay at centre point for something like 12 to 18 months. In that time, we can help them with uh, mental health problems, physical health problems, help them gain new skills and qualifications. But one of the big things we face in the UK, as I'm sure in many other cities uh, around the world, is the high cost of housing. And so one of our big campaigns at the moment is to try to persuade cities and the UK as a whole to really tackle some of the high costs of, of housing, because many young people we support end up in hostels for longer than they need to be because they can't find anywhere affordable to live. So that's a really big focus for us at the moment. Well, I hope that this week's uh, engagements and events really help uh, shine a light on what it is that you're trying to achieve at the moment. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can we find Centrepoint online and on social media? Uh, you can find us at, uh, at Centrepoint UK on Twitter. And you can also find us at uh, on the internet at uh, www.centrepoint.org.uk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that just about wraps us up for this week. Thanks again for all of the tweets. Uh, I always look out for them. Use the hashtag the AirPod so I can filter them out from the noise in my Twitter feed. It does get a little chaotic there at times. Uh, just send, send them over to at Scobie. I'm always looking out for them. And until the next episode, I will see you then. Mm-hmm.